Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday. Back to school, back to work we go. Happy Chanukah, Chag Urim Sameach, Afrelech and Chanukah. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
at a nun or stop at a gimmel, stop at a hay, but not at a shin, or I will have to pay. Noon is for the miracle, the nests of long ago. If I don't see a miracle, I'll soon be out of the Gimmel soon, I'll file for bankruptcy. So, Dray, little Dray, little Dray, little Dray, little Dray, little Dray, little Dray. Stop at a noon or stop at a Gimmel, stop at a hay, but not at a shin, or I will laugh to pay. Hay will get me half of what I'd really like to win. Now I'll settle for a hay instead of the big bad shin. Filed all the oil, but the Jews they searched with grit and toil. They found the pure jug in the soil, and it burned for eight days straight. Now we eat lots and lots of latkes, cause it's that time of year. Lots and lots of latkes, cause Hanukkah is here. Lots and lots of latkes, just pile them on our plate. Lots and lots of latkes, it's time to celebrate. Now, Kindelach, it's really true. There's a holy soul inside of you And there's nothing anyone can do To take that gift away Just like the Hanukkah miracle You're never irreparable Your godly soul's invincible So everybody say Please give me lots and lots of latkes Cause it's that time of year Lots and lots of latkes Cause Hanukkah is here Yahoo! 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 Yaho
Schöner, alles zu gehör, Alle Nacht im Dreadlach spielen im Meer. So dick heiße Lattes, erst von Naschir. Wir schwinden, sind Kinder, die wenige Lichter lachen. So talanissim, wo Gott fahrtinissim, kommt gegen Tanzen im Korn. So talanissim, wo Gott fahrtinissim, kommt gegen Tanzen im Korn. And faith guard the Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, the covenant of the eighth. A victory miraculous, but a temple in ruin. The lofty Avodah they await to resume. Then one flask is found, purity within, engulfed in its flames. A new age begins. The darkest of times through the bleakest of nights the sparkle and glow of flickering lights sustain 
Sustaining our souls so pure and pristine, igniting the embers of hopes and of dreams. With no reason why Suffering for a faith That he won't deny He etches in stone A menorah's engraved To remember the miracle How his nation was saved Rips from his clothing A wick to ignite Searching he discovers a match he could light Darkness dispelled by the glistening spark Igniting his spirit in a color so dark In the darkest of times Through the bleakest of nights The sparkle and glow of flickering light Sustaining our souls so pure and pristine, igniting the embers of hopes and of dreams. Society, temptation so great, threatening our piety and testing our faith. The Torah's our beacon, the light of our lives. Throughout this long gallus, it's how we survive.
JM in the AM, well, if you want to package uh, an amazing hour of great Hanukkah music after our uh, intro and theme of Modani and Masecha Hashem, if you want to package an amazing hour of uh, Hanukkah music, then we've just done it for you. We have created a phenomenal and incredible first hour of uh, JM in the AM during Hanukkah 5783 here on a Monday morning broadcast. Jonathan Rimberg's Mia Malel, Mo's tour from Shwebel Sharf and Levine. Yerachmi will be gone to Miami, light up the nights. Haneris Halala from the Yeshiva Boys, Baruch Levine's Flickering Lights, Hanukkah done by Jonathan Rimberg. The Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School Choir with their Hanukkah medley, Lenny Solomon's Hanukkah medley, Alan Nisim from Miami, 
Benny Freeman, brand new. It's Hanukkah again for the new album. It sounds like Hanukkah. Masacha Hashem, our Monday morning theme song for Mayor Sherman. And, of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Monday, 19th of December, day 25 in the month of Kislev. You know what that means. It's Hanukkah day one here at JM in the AM. Happy Hanukkah. Chag Urim Sameach. Afrelech and Hanukkah to all. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget all the traditional additions for Hanukkah, including... Full Hallel, Al Hanisim, special Torah reading, Mizmor Shir at the end of Shachris, all the traditional additions for Hanukkah. Make sure you uh, include whatever your tradition calls for. Coming up in hour number three this morning, we will speak with Rabbi Yisrael Besser. His brand new book is entitled Reb David, a book, a biography of the late, great, amazing, and incredible Rabbi David Feinstein. Zatzal. We will speak with uh, Rabbi Besser coming up in hour number three. Go to artscroll.com. Take advantage of all their incredible savings during Hanukkah and all the specials that they put out uh, for uh, each day of Hanukkah. All the details at artscroll.com. Again, go to artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio no matter what your order is. Make sure to use promo code radio. Go to artscroll.com. You know the rule. For your free shipping and major discount, always use promo code radio. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast from Monday is next. Chag Urim Sameach from JM in the AM. Galitzal, Yerushalayim, Asha'a 2, Shalom Rav, Baulpan Ran Yavnai, Ima Shekorea Akshav. מליאת הכנסת אישרה בקריאה שלישית את הצעת החוק שנועדה למנוע פיצולים. על פי הצעת החוק תבוטל האפשרות של ארבעה חברי כנסת להתפלג מסיעתם. כתב התחום הפוליטי שחר גליק מציין שהחוק היה חשוב לראש הממשלה המיועד נתניהו על מנת למנוע את הסיכוי של מרד בליכוד מצד חברי כנסת מאוכזבים. ראש הממשלה היוצא לפיד תקף במהלך הדיון את הממשלה המיועדת ואמר לא מעניין אתכם לפעול למען הציבור. אתם הממשלה הנכנסת, התפקיד שלכם הוא לעבוד בשביל כל האזרחים. והממשלה הנכנסת אומרת, יכול להיות, אבל אתם יודעים מה? תקפצו לנו. הם לא מנסים לשמור על איזון, אין להם עניין בחיים משותפים. כל הערכים הכי מקודשים של המדינה הזו הוחלפו מבחינתם בשתי מילים. כתב אישום הוגש נגד שלושה תושבי רמלה באשמת רצח מורט ויזר, שנורה למוות עקב טעות בזיהוי. מדווח כתבנו בחיפה קובי מנדל. מורט ויזר מקריאת ביאליק, נשוי ואב לילדה בת ארבע שעבד ברפאל, נרצח לפני כחודש וחצי ביריות בשל טעות בזיהוי, והוא בן 29. שלושה תושבי רמלה מואשמים היום ברציחתו בנסיבות מחמירות, ומכתב האישום נגדם עולה כי הם ביקשו להתנקש בתושב שפרעם על שהפיץ לטענת אש את אחד הנאשמים, שיש לה קשרים אינטימיים עם בני משפחתו. התביעה מבקשת לעצור את כלל הנאשמים עד לתום ההליכים נגדם. כוחות הביטחון פעלו בשעות האחרונות במחנה הפליטים שועפאט בביתו של מחבל עודאי תמימי שביצע את הפיקוע במחסום שועפאט שבו נפלה הסמלת נועה לזר זיכרונה לברכה ופיגוע ירי נוסף בכניסה למעלה אדומים. הכוחות מיפו את בית המחבל לקראת הריסתו הצפויה זאת לאחר שלפני מספר שבועות מפקד פיקוד העורף חתם על צו ההריסה החריג על אף שהבית נמצא בשטח ישראל במהלך הפעילות בבית התפתחה הפרת סדר שבמהלכה מתפרעים ידעו אבנים לעבר הלוחמים והם הגיבו באמצעים לפיזור הפגנות, ידיעה שמסר כתבנו הצבאי דורון קדוש. תושב רחובות בן 17 נעצר בחשד למעורבות באירוע הדקירה בבית ספר בעיר לפני כשבוע, במהלכו נפצע תלמיד באורח קשה. 
כתבתנו הדעה שטייף מוסיפה שמעצרם של ארבעת החשודים הנוספים הוארך הבוקר בבית המשפט עד ליום ראשון. המיליארדר ובעל טוויטר אילון מאסק הפסיד בסקר שערך ברשת החברתית ובו שאל את המשתמשים האם עליו להמשיך לעמוד בראש החברה. מדווח כתב חדשות החוץ עמית קלדרון. מאסק העלה עליי לציוץ בחשבון הטוויטר האישי שלו ובו כתב האם עליי לסיים את תפקידי כראש טוויטר, אפעל על פי תוצאות הסקר. יותר מ-17 מיליון משתמשים הצביעו וקבעו ברוב של 57.5% שמאסק צריך לעזוב את תפקידו. כעת הוא עשוי לפרוש מניהול הרשת החברתית שרכש ב-44 מיליארד דולר. מזג האוויר למחר, ירידה קלה נוספת בטמפרטורות, בלילה יחל לרדת גשם לאורך החוף. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד. Shirmizmoor 
JM in the AM, one of the great brand new medleys from uh, Benny Friedman from his album entitled It Sounds Like Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah, Chagurim Sameach, Afrelech and Hanukkah to everybody. From all of us here at the JM in the AM. Well, one of the things that, um, and I can't thank Avrami and uh, Rabbi Benji Kramer enough, one of the things that uh, they discovered, uh, unearthed, <laughs> however it is you want to put it, um, over the last few days is um, are actually two parts, two pieces of Meir Milim, or more accurately, uh, Mayor Weingarten describing Moos Tzur, um, obviously at some point over the last few years. So in addition to our Benji Kramer, who is going to be joining us at 9 o'clock Eastern time uh, with Meir Milim, his uh, amazing segment that's done in memory of Mayor Weingarten every single Monday. Uh, right after JM in the AM. In addition to that, today we are going to be treated to the sounds of yesteryear. Mayor Weingarten explaining Mo's tour to us here at JM in the AM. Pretty remarkable. So... I know this is going to mean a lot. This is going to mean a lot to a lot of people out there who remember Mayor's incredible ability to uh, transmit this information. Here it is. Uh, it's um, Mayor Weingarten, Mayor Me Lim on the it, words. Oh, one second. Hang on. There we go. On the words of Maos Tzur on this first day of Hanukkah here at JM in the AM. Trying to figure out if we have enough time to discuss Ma'oz Tzur or not. Well, let's do this very quickly. We'll do it in depth maybe at a future time. Ma'oz is a shelter. Ma'ozu Machaseh are often a combination that is found together. Ma'ozu Machaseh. Tzur Yeshuati. Tzur is God. He's the rock. The word Tzur is a word for rock. God is the rock of ages, we say in English. Tzur Yisrael. Or Tzur Mishalawachalnu, it's a word that we use for God. Ma'oz Tzur Yeshuati. God is my shelter, the rock of my salvation. Lacha to you, God. Na'el Shabayach. It is appropriate to give praise. And then we ask that the Bet HaMikdash be rebuilt. Tikon Bet Filati. May the Bet HaMikdash be rebuilt. May it stand again. Bet Tfilati is a way of saying Beit HaMikdash, Visham, and in that Beit HaMikdash, Todan Ezebech will bring a Korban Toda, an offering of thanksgiving, which makes it so appropriate that Hanukkah and Thanksgiving, of course, are together. That's a theme in both, as is religious freedom. Le'et tachin matbeach mitzar hamnabeach. And when this victory, when this salvation will come, the author says in a very not politically correct sentence that is sung throughout America by so many Jews that would be shocked if they knew what it meant. When you, God, will prepare the massacre, Tevach, of our enemies, Mitzar Haminabeach, and that's Tsar, not Tsar, as I've heard sung in many homes. Tsar is a word for enemy. We had a meyer milim about tsar, that is also the word narrow, but also the word enemy. Ish tsar v'oyev haman hara hazeh. Mitzar ha minabeach. 
In modern Hebrew, we'd say Hanoveach, our enemy, who's barking like a dog. So when you, God, prepare the massacre of our enemies who are barking like dogs, as then, when this salvation comes, the Beit HaMikdash is standing, our enemies have been killed, then, Egmor Bashir Mizmor Chanukat HaMizbeach, then I will conclude with a Shir Mizmor, a song of praise about the rededication of the Mizbeach. And of course, that last part is Mizmor Shir Chanukat HaBait David, very similar to that. That's the first stanza. I think some people will know what they're saying. They may think twice about singing it. More people that are somewhat politically correct. But that's what it is. Maybe we'll analyze it even a little more in depth and tell you some of the sources of the Psukim. Next Hanukkah on the Israel Show. Lechana el Tikon betefilati Besham toda Because I'm 
There we go. JM in the AM, a lot of Mo's tours. That's what happens when you go back in time and play a recording of uh, Mayor Weingarten explaining Mo's tour. I get this uh, this hankering <laughs> to toss in as many Mo's tours as possible. So you heard the uh, uh, Mo's tour just now from Hooked on Hanukkah uh, with the Tzlil Vizemer Boys Choir. Before that, the Mo's tour from Chazen David Werdiger here at JM in the AM. Before that, the Mo's tour from David in the High Spirit here at JM in the AM. As we uh, as we remember Mayor Weingarten in, in the most amazing way possible with his uh, words about Mo's tour and explaining to us what we are saying tonight and all the nights of Hanukkah when we say Mo's tour. And his comment at the end about the political correctness was pretty funny, I must say. JM in the AM on a Monday morning. Happy Hanukkah. Freilchen Hanukkah. Chag Urim Sameach. Thanks for joining us here at JM in the AM. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Wishing everybody at Abel's and Hyman an amazing and incredible Hanukkah. Enjoy a 10% discount on all Abel's and Hyman products at kosherdogs.net with promo code radio. A&H has been serving the kosher world since 1954, and A&H products are available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try a&H today, and again, we wish everybody at the Seth and everybody at A&H a very, very happy Hanukkah. A reminder, tonight is the rally in Times Square. Shine a light on anti-Semitism. Times Square, 5 p.m. tonight. Enter at Broadway and 47th Street in New York City. Again, it's uh, 5 p.m. tonight, 5 until 6.30. The Shine a Light on Anti-Semitism rally. Uh, there'll be a lot of performers there. The Ramaz Upper School Choir will be there. Uh, Miami Boys Choir alum and TikTok star David Hershkowitz will be there. The Moshav Band, Nisim Black, uh, Folks Be the Theater, um, Montana Tucker. Uh, they're all going to be part of it. So um, take advantage of the fact that there is a very important gathering in Times Square tonight. Shine a light on anti-Semitism. 5 p.m. Broadway, 47th Street, New York City. Please, please be there. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Harav Zebin of Yosef Alevi, Zechonishmas Esther Basar of Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We find the fascinating halacha concerning the Hanukkah candles. It says in Shulchan Aruch, Afilu Ani, even a poor person, Misparnis Minatstaka, that receives their livelihood from charity, Shoel Omoche Kisuso. They even have to sell their clothing below Keach Shem and Lahadlik in order to buy oil to light. This in itself is something fascinating because we're not talking about a person that is just a little bit poor. We're talking about a person that has no money whatsoever until the point that they have to sell their coat in order to buy Nerus for Hanukkah. The Sefer Kiatoi Modi tells us, from this we learn, that on Hanukkah, our kochos, our powers, have no limitations. Even if I need to go without a coat, in order to buy candles and oil for Hanukkah, I can do it and I can survive. Hanukkah is the time of year when we are reminded of the eternity of the Jew, the power of the Jew to survive and to overcome all odds over the generations. The great Klosenberger Rebbe once asked a particular individual in the community to do something on behalf of the Klau. The man answered him, I will do whatever I can. Whatever is in my power, I'll be able to do. At that moment, the Klosenberger Rebbe told him, I want you to know 
before the Holocaust, there was a bacher, there was a young man, that whenever I would have to give a shear, he would carry my svarim, he would carry my huge books for me. The reason is, I simply had no power, no strength to carry those books. However, during the war, they made me carry boulders up a mountain. Sometimes the day was 12 hours. Sometimes the day was 13. Somehow, Hashem gave me superhuman strength, and I carried those boulders day and night, and I didn't wear out. So too, you should know that Hashem can give you strength at any moment, even those things that you thought may not be within your capability. We Jews are chutz hateva. We are beyond nature. Take it on. Do it for the community, and you will be successful. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. See, so gather your friends and family for latkes, gelt, and melodies. Now come sing with me. The smell of donuts in the air, cause it's that special time of year. Maybe cold out there, but it's warm in here, so clap to the beat. Now let me hear you say, Nun, Gimel, hey, Chin, watch that little dreidel spin. Yeah, Nun, Gimel, hey, Chin, when we're together, we all win. JM in the AM, that's uh, Yoni Z, brand new, with Happy Hanukkah here at JM in the AM. I better get the colored candles soon, right? <laughs> there are too many people requesting colored candles. I can't avoid it. I haven't been avoiding it on purpose. I just have to get to it, that's all. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment. Devorah Leitner, she's calling for uh, colored candles.
Please keep in mind Rivka Naomi Bas Shulamis Khana having surgery Wednesday. Again, Rivka Naomi Bas Shulamis Khana for a Shlema. Sima says, it was so nice to hear Mayor's voice. Amen to that. Edie says, wow, hearing Mayor Weingarten explain Moe's tour was well. I can't find the right words. I'll just say absolutely amazing. Thank you, Avrami and Rabbi Kramer for finding this treasure. Mayor Olava Shalom had such a talent. And, and Edie and all my wonderful listeners, we have another part of Mayor explaining Moe's tour coming up in the next few minutes. Yeah. So I'll be coming up at JM. And plus, Rabbi Kramer has Tzur Yisrael, or I should say Tzur, the word Tzur, coming up at uh, 9 a.m. Eastern time. Um, mazel Tov to... Uh, mazel Tov to, Oh, here we go. Mazel Tov to Benjamin Friedman on his bar mitzvah. Mazel Tov to his wonderful parents, Moshe and Pam Friedman from Chicago, and his brothers Yaakov and Mati from Yassi and Devorah Leitner, who had such a great Shabbos in Skokie. And uh, please add a big mazel to the grandmother and Tanta Fisher on the bar mitzvah Benjamin Friedman from Chicago from the Lightners. All right, there you go. Uh, what else do we have here? Lots of Chag Urim Sameach. Look forward to an entire year. You've been playing Colored Candles from Destiny. Okay, Miriam from Far Rockaway. We'll get to it in a minute. <laughs> uh, what else do we have here? Listener Klein says, wow, day one, and already uh, you all infuse us with the best Hanukkah songs. Please play a Abyssal Paul Zim, a Freilich and Hanukkah to all. Uh, what else do we have? All right, that's great. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. And I thank everybody for their comments. I do want to remind everybody our year-end campaign is rolling. It's picking up some steam, our year-end campaign. It is picking up some steam, Baruch Hashem. And I want to thank all the recent donors to the campaign, including my dear friend Aaron Goldman, who donated through my page. I want to thank Anonymous for their $180. I want to thank Michael Mendelson, four times high. I want to thank J&B Sonnenberg for 10 times high. I want to thank all of our recent donors. We stand at 11%. Very simple. The goal is 100000 We'd like to get as close to it as possible, and we're already at over 11,000, so that's uh, 11%. And a big thank you to everybody who's given so far. There's 11 days left. Please spread the word, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. A big thank you to um, uh, to Debbie and Harriet Werner. Uh, they have been so generous to us, and I can't thank them enough. Hello, Bayonne, New Jersey. Good morning, Bayonne. Uh, they've sent in an additional 36 in honor of uh, our daughter's wedding, Yonina's wedding, and the birth of, uh, of uh, granddaughter Ariella Aviva. So thank you to the Werners, Adam Bayonne. Like I always say, there are people who think of reasons to support us, and there are people who think of reasons not to support us. And thank God we have a lot of the former out there, and it's much appreciated to say the least. So thank you very much for that. Really, really nice. And to everybody who's been sending in donations, you could use the you could use the mail address. You don't have to use the uh, the internet. There are people who prefer and have been sending in checks by mail, and you could do so at the following address: Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting. Again, Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, and that is five five one Grand Street, Suite Three, New York, New York one triple zero two. Again, five five one Grand Street. Suite 3, New York, New York, 1002. And a big thank you to everybody from all of us here at JMNAM. I got a, not only did we get a nice contribution from the Bricks, 
Good morning, Ruvain Brick. But he sent us a nice note this morning. Wow, the music today. I've been listening since 6 o'clock. Gavaldic. Well, thank you. And that music will continue on a Hanukkah day one right here at JM in the AM. block of sprawling loans and fancy cars he was so proud that he'd come so far with the greatest of ease he moved through high societies that grocer's boy from the city streets well he'd long since gone and changed his name it was the only way that he could play the game with neighbors like the richardsons the williams and the jones what could he do with a name like Cohen But he had one memory Yes, his father he did see Lighting colored candles on the windowsill Eight days a year he'd light another candle every night They lingered in his memory still In December came home from school His little girl called Sue she held a picture of an Xmas tree she drew All the kids in my class have one, she said, with a tear And could we have one in our home this year? He didn't know what to do with his little daughter Sue Although her desires he wished to fulfill My dear Sue, listen to me, there's something better than a tree That lingers in my memory still With a menorah in his hand His dear wife said to him Joe, I just don't understand They've worked so hard to get to Where we are today And now what will we do? What will the neighbors say? Well, he lit those candles anyway Yes, there were five that night And from his window to the street Glowed the candlelight they were burning for an hour, maybe a little more When suddenly Mr. Richardson stood there by the door He said, would it be okay if a word to you I say There's something about those candles you must know Yes, they bring back memories of my father I still see As he lit those candles many years ago Yes, they bring back memories of my father, I still see, as he lit those candles many years ago. He stepped outside later on that night, and boy was he surprised. He couldn't believe what he saw, he couldn't believe his eyes. From all the houses on their block, glowed candlelight from their windowsills and out into the night. Yes, they had one memory Yes, their fathers they did see Lighting colored candles on a windowsill Eight days a year they'd light another candle every night It lingered in their memory still 
Yes, they had one memory. Yes, their fathers they did see lighting colored candles on the windowsill. Eight days a year they'd light another candle every night. It lingered in their memory still. Yes, they had one memory. Yes, their fathers they did see lighting colored candles on the windowsill. Well, there you have it. Audience was uh, impatient. Couldn't let another minute go by without playing that song from Destiny, Colored Candles. Day one of Hanukkah. Well, there's nothing like sharing good news with everybody. And when it's uh, news uh, regarding our family uh, and, of course, uh, our extended radio family, it's even better. And we've been able to, thank God, share great news recently. And the the list, thank God, the list of great news continues. Uh, over the weekend, it was Mark Zamek, who, uh, our very own Mark Zamek, who informed us of a major simcha, a major mazel tov. And I didn't want today, the first day of Hanukkah, to go by without uh, acknowledging the big simcha that Baruch Hashem the Zamiks and everybody else are celebrating. Mark Zamik, Chag Urim Sameach. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you very much. Happy Hanukkah to you. Tell everybody the big news, please. Um, so our son-in-law and daughter, Kenny and Shoshana Rube of Fairland, New Jersey, had a brand new baby girl. Amazing. On Shabbat. Mazal Tov. Pretty cool. Oh, does that Actually, girl does that girl have a name yet? No, that's why I'm actually in Shomrei Torah as we speak right now. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Waiting for Davening to start to uh, hear um, the young lady's new name. Phenomenal. Or her name. How, yeah. how, do you, how do you like that? All these JMM connections, Shomrei Torah and Fairlaw. Exactly. Pretty cool. Well, that's wonderful news. Baruch Hashem and uh, Baruch Hashem. Uh, the families continue to expand. No feeling like it. And as you told me, because you were a veteran at this before this happened to me in July, as you told me, no greater feeling than being a grandpa. It's just unbelievable. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. We went to see, we went to the hospital. Uh, when was it? I guess it was Saturday night. We went to visit uh, Shoshi and Kenny in the hospital. And they ran, you know, they. it was one of those Shabbos babies. Thank God it was a girl. How are you, Markowitz? I'm just getting a monster from Rabbi Markowitz right now. Play-by-play. Uh, Play-by-play play by play of the Zomic Mazel Tubs. Yeah. <laughs> well, you send Rabbi Markowitz, Rabbi Yudin, and everybody our best, and Mazel Tov to the, uh, to the Zomics, to Rochelle Mark, the grandparents, and obviously to uh, Ashoshi and Kenny Rube, and the entire Rube family, and the extended family, and to your parents, Mark, and to Rochelle's family. A lot, of the pe- a lot of people celebrating. We heard the news, obviously, after Shabbat, and we were so excited, as again, we get to share great news with the audience. So Mazel Tov. It's pretty cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. Will you let us know the name, please? before 9 a.m. I, t- I will text you God, with God's help before 9 a.m. Phenomenal. Thank you, Mark and Mazel Tov. Okay. Thanks. Bye. There he is. Mark Zamek. A million capacities here at the Nahum Siegel Network for the last 35 years. Primarily now people know him as the host of the Arab Shabbos show. That's how successful that show has become. Anyway, Grandpa Mark, Grandma Rochelle, <laughs> and everybody, of course, celebrating in the Ruben Zamek families, Mazalto from all of us here at JM in the AM. Oh, we get this, and we get to share good news. We get to share good news, Baruch Hashem. Pretty amazing. More coming up. It's a JM in the AM Monday. It is a uh, first day of Hanukkah, believe it or not. Hope you're enjoying the Livy Vote, the Sufganiyot, the Latkas and the Jelly Donuts and the Dreidel Games. Don't forget all the traditional additions for Hanukkah, including Alanisim, 
including special Torah reading in full Hallel, Mizmor Shear at the end of davening, etc., etc. Everything that we do on Hanukkah, make sure you know what uh, is called for according to your custom. More coming up. Another request from our listeners here at JM in the AM.
J.M. the A.M. Brand new, The Message of the Candles, done by the New York Boys Choir. Yeah, Shekoch, Yitzi Bold for that. Before that, Miami and V'achar Kane. 
That Hanukkah classic here at JMM. A reminder that our friends at Yad Ezra Vishula Meet have their big campaign going on right now. It's a matching gift campaign for the entire month of December. For every dollar you give, $2 goes to help feed children in Yushalayim. Last year, you'll remember... Yad Ezra Shulami was opened uh, was able to open its brand new children's center in Sfat for the poor children of Israel in that area. Now they need everyone's help to care for the poor people in Yerushalayim at their brand new children's center. Do what you can. Give now. Remember, for Hanukkah, every single donation is matched. So when you give $100, you're giving $200 to Yad Ezra Shulami to our supporting hundreds of impoverished youth in Israel. And specifically now, uh, they are trying to do everything they can for the poor children at their children's center in Yerushalayim. Each child receives a daily hot lunch, help with their homework, access to a computer lab, library, art, animal and music therapy, brand new winter coats and clothing, new backpacks, school supplies, a gymbury room, summer camp, and more. Yad Ezra Vishul Amit is taking care of the needs of many, many poor children from poor families in Yerushalayim on a daily basis all year round. Give what you can. Every single donation is matched during the holiday of Hanukkah. Give what you can. Yadezra.net slash Siegel. Yadezra, E-Z-R-A dot net slash Siegel. Y-A-D-E-Z-R-A dot net slash Siegel. Yadezra.net slash Siegel. Again, Yadezra Vishulamit has their campaign going on right now. Give what you can as they have a matching campaign during the holiday of Hanukkah. Shine a light on anti-Semitism. Tonight at 5 p.m. is the rally in Times Square. Again, shine a light of anti-Semitism. There'll be many celebrities, musical uh, musical acts, Ramaz Upper School Choir, and many, many others who are going to be there tonight. Again, it's 5 p.m. till 6.30 p.m. Shine a light on anti-Semitism. Join everybody in Times Square on this second night of Hanukkah tonight. Uh, enter at Broadway and 47th Street in New York City. Again, enter at Broadway and 47th Street in New York City. And a big yeshikov to those who are, who organize this event. It's going to be, hopefully, a very, very powerful one. Don't forget, our uh, year-end campaign is in full swing. Those of you who haven't yet given to our year-end campaign, please be as generous as you can by going to fjbunity.org. Again, fjbunity.org. Much appreciated, everybody who keeps us going on an annual basis. Give what you can at fjbunity.org, and we thank you very, very much. And spread the word if you can. We're going to open up hour number three this morning with Mayor Weingarten and part two of his analysis of Ma'oz Tzor. That is next. Uh, I want to thank our Benji Kramer, and I want to thank Avrami Finkelstein for finding this incredible gem, the two parts. We did part one earlier. This is part two of Mayor Weingarten on the subject of Ma'oz Tzur at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world of web at NachumSegal.com, on the NachumSegal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Um, I want to spend a few minutes on uh, Ma'oz Tzur. It is a part of Hanukkah that... Uh, it, it, I can't say, obviously, that it's become a part of Hanukkah almost like candle lighting, because candle lighting is a mitzvah. But if there's a song that is associated with Hanukkah, it is Ma'oz Tzur, and it's amazing how certain things just develop, minhagim, certain customs, and become part of our ritual. So, it's such a strong part of the ritual that I have a feeling if, especially in the more liberal world, if they would understand that first stanza, 
and and what it all means. I, I'm not sure that that they would feel com- it's uh, it's not politically correct. The whole first stanza of most Zur uh, talks about our hope for redemption and for revenge. Revenge. Laetachin madbeach. When when God when you God prepare the slaughter the massacre of the tsar haminabeach the enemy that is barking like a dog. That's 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 the nikama that we uh, hope for that God will have. So um, like I say, not PC but part of our um, part of our liturgy nonetheless. There are six stanzas in the traditional Maos Tzur. Recently, a seventh stanza was added. Each stanza, starting from the second, the first we spoke about, starting from the second, speak about a different Galut and God's redemption, Galut Mitzrayim and his redemption, Galut Bavel in the third uh, stanza and, and God's redemption. Then uh, the fourth is about Mordechai and Esther and, and Persian, uh, the uh, Haman, and his uh, threat and our redemption from that. The fifth stanza is about Hanukkah, the threat of the Yivanim, the Greek Yivanim Nikbetsuolai, and our our redemption from that. And the last sixth stanza talks about our current state of Galut. When this was written, it was uh, a horrific time for the Jewish people throughout the darkness of the Galut in Eastern Europe, and we uh, ask, we ask God to show his uh, strength, his arm, so to speak, and to bring the uh, Mashiach, the end of days and redemption. The sixth stanza, we'll play it a little later, was added recently. Somebody wrote a stanza which talks about the beginning of that redemption that we pray for in stanza number six, Nodelet um, Surah we'll talk about that. But there's something that I want to share with you that we uh, say in the stanza about Mordechai, Esther, and Haman. And this is, uh, we'll call this a Meir Milim segment, where we focus or shed light on a word or phrase in the Hebrew language. And... Uh, in that stanza, it ends with Rov Banav Vikinyanav Al Haetz Talita. Talks about the threat from Haman, and that at the end God saves us. Rov Banav Vikinyanav Banav his children, Kinyanav his his wealth, Al Haetz Talita. Now Kinyanav obviously could also mean uh, his creations. You know, Kayan is called. Kaniti uh, Shet Hashem. I created a child, uh, a man with God. So um, his children were hanged on a tree. Now we usually understand the word rov, rov banav, as meaning a majority, right? Holchim achar harov, majority rules. Rov banav al ha'etz talita is somewhat strange. The majority of his sons were hanged. We we all know that all of Haman's sons were hanged. They're listed in the Megillah, all ten. Not the majority, not the rove. So why does it say 
Rov Banav. Well, as we try to do, understand a word from other places that it's used in Tanakh. Let's take a look at some psukim from Tanakh that we may recognize also from Tfilah. V'yitain l'cha ha'elokim mital ha'shamayim u'mishmanei ha'aretz. Yitzchak says to Yaakov, May God give you of the dew of heaven, the fat of the earth, verov dagan v'tirosh. Grain and wine, we spoke about that previously, dagan v'tirosh. What does that mean, rov dagan v'tirosh? A majority of the grain and wine? Doesn't sound right. Here's another example from shiratayam, what we call az yashir, that we say every day. Uverov geoncha taharos kamecha. Geoncha could be your majesty, God's majesty, his power, his triumph. You'll break Taharos Kamecha, your opponents. So why does it say Uverov Geoncha, the majority of your power? Hmm, weird. Doesn't sound right here either. Something's going on with this word Rov. We've mentioned many times before that Chazal's Hebrew, the Hebrew used at the time of Chazal, varies somewhat from that of the Tanakh. For example, we've spoken about a tree. The Torah calls it an Etz, Chazal called it an Ilan. In the language of Chazal, Rov means majority, and that's what we're used to hearing. Holchim, Achar, Harov, majority rules. But, in Tanakh, rov means something else. Rov in Tanakh means an abundance, a lot, in large number. So rov dagan v'tirosh in v'yitain lacha means an abundance of grain and wine. As if it said, dagan v'tirosh la rov. Uverov ge'oncha taros kamecha doesn't mean the majority. It means your abundant ga'on, ga'oncha harav, your great majesty. In tefillah, nishmat kolchai, according to some nuschaot, according to some customs, we say that God is hamihulal, he is praised, berov hatishpachot. Does that mean we praise God with the majority of the praise? No. It's in the abundance of praise. Batish bachod harabim. With much praise. And so the phrase in Ma'oz Tzur actually comes from the Megillah itself. In Megillah, Esther and Perikei, Pasuk Yudalf, it says, Vaisaper lahem Haman et, Haman was bragging to all his friends before the parties with Esther. Vaisaper lahem Haman et, Kivod Oshro, Virov Banav. Haman is boasting, look at the abundance of my wealth and my rov banav. My many children. Rov banav is as if to say banav harabim. And that's where this phrase in Maostor comes from. Rov banav vikinyanav al ha'etz talita. His many children. And we'll end off with this. Staying in Megillatis there. Our understanding now of this gives us an understanding in the Pshat 
of the last pasuk of the Megillah, which is a pasuk that bothers many. It says that Mordechai is the second, the deputy to the king, Gadola Yehudim, great for all the Jews. Ratsui Lerov Echav. He is popular with Rov Echav. And almost all the Mepharshim, based on Midrash of Chazal, say, well, you see, Mordechai wasn't popular with all his brethren, only the majority of his brethren, because they were understanding the word rove the way Chazal used it, the majority. And so everybody tried to find the reason why not everybody liked him. Some say he sinned in some area, and therefore he wasn't popular with everybody. Not everybody liked him. And some say that you can't be popular with everyone, because if you do a favor for Mr. A, then Mr. B might not be happy why you did a favor for Mr. A. A lot of mifarshim, everyone goes around and around to try and explain that. And the truth is, it is very weird. While we do know in public life that you could save the entire Jewish people, and yet somebody is going to be upset, it is weird that that last pasuk, which builds up Mordechai so much, Mishnela Melech HaChashverosh, Gadol HaYehudim, Doresh Tov La'amod, Dover Shalom L'Cholzaro, suddenly should throw in a criticism. And now we understand the pshat in that pasuk. Viratsui L'Rov Echav means he is popular to the multitudes of his brothers. Le'echav HaRabim. That's how the pshat in that pasuk is understood. And that's our Mayor Milim segment for this week. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Gah, come light the menorah. Let's have a party. We'll all dance the horror. Gather round the table. We'll give you a treat. Dreidels to play with and latkes to eat. And while we are playing, the candles are burning low. One for each night. They shed a sweet light to remind us of days long ago. One for each night. They shed a sweet light to remind us of days long ago. Sififon, so so so, Hanukkah uchato, Hanukkah uchato. Sififon, so so so, Hatsimcha ulaam, Neskato hayasham, Neskato hayasham. Hatsimcha ulaam, Sififon, so so so, Hanukkah uchato. Hanukkah, Uchak Tov, Zivrivon, Zov, 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 Chag Simcha, Ula Am, Neskato, Hayasham, Neskato, Hayasham, Chag Simcha, Ula Am. Dreidel, 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 I made it out of clay. And when it's dry and ready, oh, dreidel, I shall play. Oh, dreidel, 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 I made it out of clay. And when it's dry and ready, oh, dreidel, I shall play. I have a little dreidel, I made it out of clay. When it's dry and ready, oh, dreidel, I shall play. I'm on a place I'm have a little dreidel. I made it out of clay. When it's dry and ready, oh, dreidel, I shall play. Oh, dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. I made it out of clay.
Yet another request that we got to fulfill. Someone insisted on hearing Paul Zim with Moe's Sore. Well, we got it on the air, thank God. JM in the AM, glad we were able to play that uh, unbelievable piece by Mayor Weingarten of Blessed Memory uh, about um, Moe's Sore. <clears throat> unbelievable. That was something. Yes, we got to get to My Menorah by Schlockrock. We'll hopefully get to it at some point this week. Mazdav Dachaya and Joshua Cohen, the bris of their brand new son, Yona Yechiel, West Hempstead, New York. Mazalto from all of us here at JMM. Yes, we got to do the Shweki Chasov. Thank God we have eight days. Thank God. Otherwise, I don't know what we would do. Baruch Hashem. That bris, by the way, took place this past Friday in West Hempstead. Yona Yechiel is the baby's name. Chaya says hearing Mayor's voice is bittersweet. No question about that. Uh, Daddy, come home by the Yeshiva boys. We got to get to that one as well. Boy, oh boy. There are a lot of requests we still got to do. Thank God Hanukkah is eight days, as I said earlier, to say the least. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abels and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old world classics, beef, fry, kishka, and more. Modern, better for you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website at kosherdogs.net and try A&H today. Don't forget, tonight is the rally in Times Square. Tonight is the rally in Times Square which means that um, those of you who want to shine a light on anti-Semitism, join all these celebrities and all the folks that are going to be out there tonight starting at 5 p.m. until 6.30. Again, that's 5 p.m. until 6.30. Um, and join the rally. Enter Times Square at Broadway and 47th Street. Again, enter Times Square at Broadway and 47th Street uh, tonight in New York City. May hear me limb the word sore with our Benji Kramer coming up at 9 a.m. Before we speak to um, Rabbi Yisrael Besser, uh, we need to acknowledge the um, passing of Mrs. Ruchel Zlotowitz. Rabbi Mayer Zlotowitz, of course, her husband, one of the co-founders of Art Scroll, and somebody who has uh, been responsible, as we've discussed, um, for an absolute revolution in the Jewish and uh, holy book publishing. And Mrs. Ruchel Zlotowitz, of course, Maris Chava Fega Rachel Basher Chaim Heichel, the um, uh, the uh, the wife of Rabbi Mayor Zlotowitz, she passed away, and the funeral took place yesterday. And of course, to the entire Zlotowitz family, with whom we are uh, so proud and happy to be close with, we say Hamakim uh, uh, You should know of no more tsar, and uh, certainly. Mrs. Rachel Zlotowitz's memory should be for a blessing, which no doubt it will be. Uh, I say this as we're about to uh, discuss on the air. 
with Usural Besser, yet another amazing Art Scroll product. I do remind you, everybody, that our friends at Art Scroll offer something unique and different for our listeners. When you use promo code radio on the artscroll.com site, free shipping and major discount. Free shipping and major discount. Even with all the discounts that are there for Hanukkah, you can't get the free shipping on any amount if you don't use promo code radio. So you know the rule. When you go to artscroll.com, always use promo code radio. The book is called Reb David, The Life and Legacy of Rabbi David Feinstein. Yisrael Besser is with us live via telephone. Happy Hanukkah to you, and welcome back to JM in the AM. To you as well, Nachum, and thank you for having me. It's always so nice to be here. I appreciate that. I said that. it before. I think I said it every time we speak, <laughs> that every time I have the privilege of being on, I learn new things about how to interview from you, so a good learning experience to watch the master. I appreciate that very, very much. This interview is going to be very different, Rabbi Besser. Very, very different. I'm scared. And, My heart is pounding, and I'm intimidated. Oh, not a matter of scared. It, just different. And I, I want to make it clear. I don't, I don't profess to, I don't profess to be anything more than a neighbor of Rabbi David Feinstein for 31 years. That's it. That's my entire thing. I'm not a Talmud of his. I didn't spend a tremendous amount of time with him. But I, I am somebody who had the incredible privilege, and my family had the incredible privilege, of, uh, of being um, a, a neighbor of his and somebody who I would interact with for a long time long time and therefore this is a little bit a little bit different i'm sitting and reading the book what do i do what do i do this shabbos before a conversation with israel besser everybody knows the shabbos before a conversation with israel besser i sit in my living room and i devour whatever book he has just written that we're going to be speaking about on the air and i'm sitting in my living room this shabbos after lunch and my my sons are around me and i'm reading the book and i start laughing and they and they say what's so funny i said it just nobody's gonna believe that this story is true and we know that this story is 100% true. Not that we know each individual story, but it's but, but it's, true story yeah. but it's so believable. As crazy as it sounds, it's so believable. And then, of course, as time went on and they got used to my whole routine, I would laugh and they would say, okay, what's this story? And I would tell them that story of why, you know, it brought a smile to my face. It is, and it's unbelievable. Those out there who think that they know what humility is all about, those out there who think they can even relate to our tradition Traditional saying that Moshe Rabbeinu was, you know, among the most modest yet knew his greatness, which for some of us is so hard to understand, right? It's so difficult sometimes to understand that. How could someone be aware of their greatness and internalize that and at the same time be among the most humble people you'll ever meet? And Yisrael Besser, you have to admit that Rodovid Feinstein fits that bill. Incredible godless. So interesting that you said that. Um, I, I wrote this in the book. Rabbi Yashav referred to Rodovid Feinstein as the Un of Mikal Adam, which is the word that the Torah uses for Moshe Rabbeinu right. and nobody else. So you know, obviously it's okay to make that comparison in terms of he had that Mida all, all the way, the humility. The other thing I, I just want to comment on that you said you were just a neighbor of Rabbi Feinstein. I don't think I've ever written about somebody who was so much one with his neighborhood and a product of a neighborhood. That means a lot of times the yeshivas live in a certain place. Right. I think that the Shmuel Kamenetsky Shita lives in Philadelphia. I don't think that you see Philadelphia in everything he does. And I don't think you see him in Philadelphia. I think that David Feinstein on the east side were one and the same. The, right. the meters of the east side, uh, the unpretentious, uh, simple, direct, real, authentic way of living on the east side, he reflected it, and he probably painted it as well, him and his father. The fine scenes on the east side go together. Yeah, no question. So you're not just a neighbor. 
Well, you're an East Sider. I appreciate, so I appreciate that. And tongue in cheek, my kids said to me, you know, how could it be that he didn't write that we would see him in the lobby every morning when we went to elementary school? How's that not in the book? And what's funny about and what's funny about that is they take pride in that interaction. They actually were able to relate to him. How is it that kids, that little kid, if you read this book, it's unbelievable. How is it that little kids, those who were related to him and those who weren't related to him, felt this incredible closeness and felt that they were able to actually relate to this Torah giant? Isn't it unbelievable that my kids or any kids would talk about, you know, what it was like to be in the same lobby with him and not speak as if it was, you know, in awe. Of course, they had respect, but you get my point. But literally, as he was yeah. just, you know, this somebody they loved interacting with. Anyway. Exactly as he would have wanted it, yeah. you know, to see your kids, to see you this kid going to school. He really enjoyed these experiences. They, they meant something to him. Unbelievable. Anyway, I, I, that's, I'm telling you, folks, the, the stories are amazing and the stories are simple. And sometimes, you know, sometimes there's criticism out there when there are stories written about Gedolim and one cannot, you know, understand what the godless in the story is. And these it's 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 you're literally looking at the person who was consulted with from all around the world, right? There was not a rabbi, including the other Torah giants, uh, who at times would not consult with him on these major issues. We're talking about life and death issues, life and death communal issues, life and death personal issues. And at the same time, he had this unbelievable, unique ability to desire to be and in fact to be, I don't want to say one of the guys because that's not that's not the way I should be portraying it, Rabbi Besser, but just to, you know, to 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 fit in and to be able to interact with the average person out there. I think that he realized early on, and I touched on this a little bit, that he was so much more than a lot of the people around him that the only way he would survive is by working extra hard to be normal. You know, he, mm. he used the word for the guys, but he would say the boys. He called, you know, until he was Nesta, deep into his 80s, he was going out for breakfast at, originally every day. At the end, it was only once a week, you know, once the East Side lost its establishment and then right. going to Williamsburg. But he, he would call them the boys. I'm going out the boys. The boys want to go out. The boys needed another five minutes. He very much enjoyed that. And he, he worked so hard on that, on just being an easy person to be around. He didn't take up weight. He didn't suck up the oxygen in the room, you know. You see these pictures or the videos of him sitting at a Hanukkah party with his Enochloch, yep. like any other Zaydi, just enjoying them, enjoying the conversation, not no heaviness. Yeah, and 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 and, and he not. and he would admit that that's when he was at his happiest. You know, if you're going to be poli- if you're going to be politically correct in the Jewish world, you have to say you're at your happiest in the base medrash. But he would not have a problem, and of course, he was very happy in the base medrash, and maybe very often his happiest. But I mean, it, it, Malcolm, it, less than five minutes until you did that thing about political correctness <laughs> in the Jewish world, you beat your record. I think your personal best. You just beat it. Has that happened before? I don't remember. Uh, we, I, we usually end up there. But it's uh, it, it, it's just amazing. And look, I got to tell you a story. I got to tell you a story that I think I've uh-huh. shared with you off the air. And it's not in the book. And I, and I don't know, you know, the, thank God I did get a story in the book. I'm very happy to say, folks, very happy about that. Page 308, anybody who wants to uh, who wants to reference it, that's where it is. But there's a story that happened with me that was not in the book that I must tell you, Rabbi Besser. We're in, we're in our small shul, right? We're in our small, small synagogue, the Mizrahi. And every Shabbos, uh, the Rosh Hashiva, Rav David Feinstein, would walk with an appropriate entourage. Uh, that was not his, by the way, that wasn't his way. He never, but Shabbos was different. You know, Shabbos, everybody, you know, walks home with him, of course. And, um, and, and, and he would always pass the Mizrahi. And, and there was somebody in shul that Shabbos that was making a kiddish in honor of the fact that their relative had come back from the Afghanistan war 
uh, in good health, safely. Not a from person, obviously, the, you know, the person in shul is from, saying that this relative, and that's, what, and that's what they were doing. They were making a kiddush, thanking God that their relative had come home from the war and that they were safe and sound. And there was somebody in shul from the yeshiva shavelt, let's put it that way, who, uh, you know, was there. And uh, I said to him, you know, would you like me to ask Rav David Feinstein to come into the kiddush? And he said, you're telling me that if you ask Rav David Feinstein to, at the last minute, walk into Stama Kiddush, which has nothing to do with anything other than somebody who was in the U.S. military, you're telling me that you can get him to come in. There's no way you could do that. I said, you sure? I, so I walk outside. <laughs> I've told you this story. I walk outside. I see the entourage coming down East Broadway. And I say, Rebbe, we are making a kiddish because somebody's in shul whose relative has just returned safely from serving the U.S. military. And he's, you know, being makar tov, etc. Rav David Feinstein doesn't ask me a question about what I just said. He doesn't, he doesn't hesitate uh, about what I just said. He makes a right turn, goes directly up the staircase, straight to the table, ready to make Kiddush because I asked him to come in and join us. Now, I ask you, Rabbi Besser, do you think that all of the Torah giants and all the leaders of Israel would have reacted the way he did to that invitation? The question is not obviously not a relevant question. I'm not an expert on what they would do, what they wouldn't do. I think that every single one of them would do what the Torah tells them to do at that moment, and probably they would all they would all do similar things. I just don't think that people would ask all of those. And Rav David created the situation where you were so comfortable with him, knowing not only that he wanted to be a good neighbor and that he liked you, but that he was really genuinely happy with that person Simcha yeah. in the relative's homecoming. And it was for sure that you did the right thing by asking him in terms of him. Not just for your friend, but also for him, because he enjoyed that. He wanted that. This was his place. It's unbelievable. And again... You know, he, he was a big fundraiser at the end of his life. Right. Never, never for MTJ, always for other people. Right. And he could have made a lot of money by going away for Shabbos, you know, especially in the summer months of the Catskills, where people would pay money. People were offering fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 a year, a, a meal, Friday night, Shabbos day, just for this chus. And he wouldn't live in the east side, Shabbos. That was his place, and that's where he wanted to be. He didn't want to be anywhere else. Yeah. Understood. So you, you just tapped into the fact that he was just a good neighbor and a good person. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the, the, uh, there are certain things in this book that I would imagine, I don't want to say that you wondered if you should have written about it or not, but, I mean, you know, when people talk about the fact that he would enjoy doing crossword puzzles, when people would, you know, that he would shop, that he would do the shopping. I got shopping. negative uh, feedback from people saying, why is that relevant? Look, you know, I didn't make these decisions on my own, obviously. There are people I asked if I should be including these stories or not. There were quite a few that didn't make it in, and quite a few that did make it in. I usually ask Robert Sherman at art school. He just has this tremendous uh, instinct for propriety and, and what's right, and what should be included, what shouldn't be included. He's usually my final. And the crossword puzzles, I, I, I think it's, it's the human side of Abdavid. It's, it's the side that took simple joy in those pleasures that the Torah allows a person to have really enjoyed them. Same way when someone brought in bourbon after Shachris in the morning, he was on a Wednesday, he was very happy. You know, nice way to start off the day. Yeah. Nothing wrong with enjoying life a bit, huh? And with, with it, enjoying and celebrating the gifts that the Vodafone did allow us to have, it, it was very much part of, part of that, the essence and the spirit in MTJ. Right. And he also. Uh, the first time I met him seriously was I interviewed him for the book on Mayor Lotowitz. I went to the east side. There was an eclipse, like a solar eclipse, and they were giving out these 
glasses. Sort of like binocular things that you could wrap around your eyes. You know what I'm talking about? Like sure. paper things, paper yeah. glasses. Yeah. And he was doing it. That's where I met him. He was standing on, on FDR Drive doing it. And he was very worried that Robinson couldn't get down. She was with a walker. He wanted her to see it, too. So he was trying to figure out which window if he wanted her to also have that experience. It's not a conventional look for a goddaughter to be standing with, you know, the things wrapped around his eyes. But he very much wanted to see it. You know, the Tommy Dim had brought him those glasses. Just a different experience yeah. of authenticity. And his experiences in the chemistry lab, when, it came, when it, especially on things related to halacha, that he would become yeah. an expert in. And uh, the story you have about the oat matzahs, remember the story about the oat matzahs? Where, sure. Where, sure. He, where, he, where he already had determined on a scientific basis that there was a heter for, you know, what had bothered Rabbi Heinemann about whether it should or shouldn't be used for Pesach. Because he didn't read his digest that. Oats. Correct. Because he had you read a real... You, you have to moisten oats in order to bake right. them. So he, he had made the chesed then as a teenager. How much, criticism, how much criticism did you get to mention Reader's Digest? None, none at all, because honestly, sadly, I don't think too many people today even know what real digest is. I think they missed it. And what about the relationship with the Rebbitson? She should live and be well. I mean, you know, and by the way, in, in all fairness to all Torah giants, you know, usually if you, uh, if, you, if you would do a biography about any Torah giant, you see the respect and the, you know, and the uh, care that they have for their life partners. So, you know, for their spouse. So it's not like it's not like it doesn't exist in that world, but there was something unique there, wouldn't you say? Unique. And, and besides the credit to him, because he made his family, his wife and his children are extremely important to him. He was very much aware every birthday, an anniversary of an anical meant something to him. He would write. He wrote a lot of Chudu Shetari. He'd write on top of the page. If he was writing today's day, so today, Chafek, his life, he would write on top the birthday of whatever anical it was. That means he identified days in the year by which Anakal had been born. Aside from that, there's something very special on this. I didn't write this in the book, but I think Lakavid Nachum Segal, I think we could share this story. It meant so much to me. I didn't think it was proper to put in the book. Um, you understand why? Cause I, I don't like to write things that seem to disparage others. I don't like to build up somebody at the expense of others. Right. But for, in the, for the purpose of this conversation, she said something to me that is astonishing. She said that he wouldn't tell her anything. He, his lips were sealed about other people's issues and communal issues. And he wasn't a big cocker altogether, and she accepted that. She said she was once sitting with a group of wives of big rabbanim, Rosh Yeshivas, Dayanim, and they were talking about some kind of uh, issue that was going on. And she was completely unfamiliar with it. So a younger Rob's wife said to her, you don't know about this? My husband tells me everything. So she said she felt bad for a moment. Rebetzin Farsi told me, my husband doesn't tell me everything, and this woman's tell, husband tells her everything. That must mean they have a better marriage, right? You know, she didn't articulate that. Mm -hmm. So it took me a while to realize that my husband didn't have to tell me everything. That our relationship was so strong and so trusting and so solid that he knew that he didn't have to tell me everything. I was so moved by it. Again, I didn't want to write that in the book because right. whoever that other person is doesn't have to feel badly or look badly. Right. But again, in terms of this conversation, you understand, you, you know them, and you know the East Side, yeah. and you know the nature of its people. Yeah. He was able to hang up the phone after an hour. Now imagine you're sitting there with your wife to dinner, and someone calls you, and you go out for an hour, and you, and you come back, and your face is red, and your wife says, what happened? You say, oh, nothing. And you move on. You just keep eating supper, and she's totally comfortable in your, in your relationship. She doesn't have to ask you again. Or he would leave in the morning and come back at night. You know, what happened today? A lot of the stuff he couldn't say, a lot of stuff he wouldn't say. And I, I, this is the hardest book I ever wrote, to be honest with you. 
because he spoke so little. So nobody really knows what happened in those closed, you know, behind those closed doors. By most of yeshivas, like you said, there's an entourage of people who know a lot. They come on to other people for help. Or for, he, he didn't need other people. Um, his closest people, you know them well, uh, Eugene, Yisach, Ginsburg, they're not talkers, you know, loyal to David all the way. They were with him all the way. He trusted them implicitly, and that's it. They're the ones. If anybody knows anything, it's them. And they only opened up, you would suspect, to a certain degree when you spoke to them, or you're not sure? Um, they were, they, they, you know, Yisaka was, very, Yisaka was privy to a lot because he was the go-between for a lot of the people. He was the fax machine for years, you know, bringing in the Shilas. Right. Shared the, uh, he, he, you know, Yisaka is a wellspring of information about David. He was the driver, the Talmud, the confidant for so many years. And he, he enabled, you know, just, just the decency of, of, the, of David Feinstein and his people, off topic a minute, when people would come to David. So everybody wants a picture with a gadol or a picture of their kid. Rav David would suggest the picture, suggest how to stand the pose, right. smile, and then Yisachar, besides emailing the picture, would take time after to print out the picture and put it in the mail to whoever right. it was who had stopped him in, in whatever chasana or, or restaurant it was. Right. These people were, they had a, they had a mission, you know? Um, so they shared, I guess, as much as they thought was appropriate to share, and, and certainly no more. And there was certainly, you know, sometimes I have this thing that I do to people where I push them. You know, you're an interviewer, so you understand. Like, you sense that there's a good story. You sense that the person doesn't want to tell it to you, but you want it. So you push a little harder. There's no such thing with them. And that comes down to the, what the Robertson said. I, I, my marriage didn't need him to tell me everything. He spoke little, shared little. And yet they had this bond. You know, he, he would... When he reached it, he'd go to Lakewood, collecting whatever. The first, he would go into a room because he didn't want one of the cell phones in the call to check in with his wife. Hey, how you doing? He would go into his host house, go into the study, and take the house phone or the office phone and call her and, and talk about her day like that, like a mensch. Right. Like a chassan would call a kala. A chassan right. doesn't call a kala casually, right. right? With details and asking questions. And the exactly. Whole thing. That's how it was until then. And, and you saw it when you saw them together. Reb David is the name of the book, The Life and Legacy of Rabbi David Feinstein who we miss like crazy. Israel Besser is with us live via telephone. Go to artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio again. Go to artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio. What about the story? I think it was in St. Louis where someone suggested he take a picture with their child, and he said, let me hold the child. It'll be much more meaningful to them you know, later on. Just, just right. So these are two separate stories. This oh. was in there at Yisrael. <laughs> Sorry Rabbi, about that. You mentioned Rabbi Vladowitz. Rabbi Meir Vladowitz had an apartment in the plaza, right. and Rabbi David would stay there. We went there at Yisrael. And Rabbi Vladowitz sent his son, Chaim Vladowitz, to set, he lived in Eretz Yisrael at the time, to set up the apartment, help Rabbi David and the Rebbe and get settled. Right. You know, take them in, show them where the, the fridge, the heating, whatever you have to know. So he came with his son. So before he left, he wanted a picture. So the son was an infant in a stroller. So he put the stroller near Rabbi David to take a picture. So David said, it's, an, it's like an awkward picture. The kid's going to have a picture in a stroller. It's not the same. Let me... Hold the child. Right. So he took the child out of the stroller and held the child and then smiled again for the picture. <laughs> what was the other one, the St. Louis one? I think we have many stories from St. Louis because there was a couple that they were close to, Stuart and, and Debbie Rosenblum. They, uh, they were, they were, the, the rabbits and had family, their nephew, who was, uh, who was rough in St. Louis. And they would go, they went to every family simcha, by the way. He, he didn't miss the family simcha and there was no difference between the Rashiva's family and the Rabbitton's family, the Greenbergs and the Feinstein, was one thing to him. He, if he was invited and he felt like he could go, he went right. to family simplest. Tremendous focus on family and being there for family. So St. Louis was one of those places that they ended up over the years more than once. 
and they stayed by Stuart Rosenblum, and they became very close. And he told me his story. Wonderful guy from that part of the country uh, came to Yiddishkeit not at the beginning of his life. Took him a while, and suddenly he has the Gadolada staying in his house. So people think, "Oh my gosh, you have a double Feinstein thing," but he was completely intimidated by what that means. Rosh Hashiva from New York, you know, he's a Valshuva from St. Louis, and he comes home. You know, to his guest there, and he had these twin uh, children. Rav David's on the couch between his twins, reading them Curious George. That's, right. He said that's how the relationship started. Right. David saw the kids when he came in. Right. He took off a book and started to read them the book. That was the relationship that turned into a beautiful, beautiful relationship. The closeness between the couple, the two couples, was tremendous. And Rav David enjoyed people who knew things. Um, you know, he didn't have it. He didn't always have the opportunity to converse about topics that he knew about because the people around, people like us in our world, don't know everything he knew. So when he took him to Gateway Arch and he knew Lewis and Clark explorations, Abdullah knew this fluently because he didn't forget anything. So anything he had learned in school, and he learned everything that was mandated to learn in school, he knew for the rest of his life. You know, so he was able to converse about that, history, geography. Not to add fuel to the fire. Oh, I think it was in, in the book about Rabbi Meir's Lotto. It's where you cited where they were touring in Albany at the state capitol, and Rabbi knew more than the tour guide. Wasn't it in that book that you read? Right, right. he corrected yeah. him on a year. He right. told the tour guide, I think. Right. He said, I think if you're saying it over in public, right. I don't want you to get embarrassed. He wouldn't have corrected. He wasn't a corrector. Right. But he felt that a tour guide is eventually going to get caught. To Rabbi David, it was obvious that somebody would expose the mistakes. To me, it's not so obvious. The tour guide was saying that this was founded in 1928, and he said it best, I think it's 1927. Right. Like, and the guy said, no, it's not true, and he went to check, and David was right. And everybody's lot of it said, how do you know that? He said, we learned it in elementary school. Right. Not to add fuel to the fire, but does Curious George get you in more trouble than the crossword puzzles or not? I think people, uh, again, it, when in the full tapestry of a David Feinstein's life, right. things just fit into place. When you see the seamless, uh, seamless harmony of the of the and Avedis Hashem that shaped him, then everything has its place. It, it doesn't make any sense, Nachum, for somebody to have learned. We're talking about somebody in this generation. He was alive two years ago, three years ago, who learned Shas hundreds of times. Hundreds of times. Make us hear Shas once. About, nobody knows the numbers. Rabbi Ruben said, people were saying uh, in Yeshiva, people said that he had finished Shas uh, three, four hundred times. So he asked if, David, if it's true, and if David laughed. That means he didn't deny it, and he would have, he said. He knew Shas Bi'ian. He knew everything. He knew Shulchan Aruch and Tor Bi'ian. He knew the Rishonim Bi'ian. He knew everything. You, we, there's no example of somebody asking him a child that he didn't have an answer fairly quickly. Everything was open before him. And yet he had time to sit at a great, great nephew Simcha in Brooklyn smiling, enjoying the Simcha because the Rebbe was having a nice time. So, right. you know, I, I don't know about you. When I go to a Simcha, um, I'm impatient after three and a half minutes, and if my wife is still inside, I'm outside, you know, tapping the, the walls and I'm trying to find things to do, right? Let's go, next, you know? To imagine someone who's, who has that much to do, sitting contentedly, because his wife is still having a nice time. Mm. And that, that was his whole life. Um, it was about the other person, and he had time for everything. To be a grandfather, to be a father, to be a neighbor. Through your extensive research, did you ever determine how good a basketball player he was or not? So it, it's uh, both for Bruvain, Yvonne Lachim, and him. It's very important in you know, sports uh, for young people. It's extremely, extreme. I went to interview Bruvain in Staten Island and camp Staten Island, and he was bemoaning the fact it's a very, it's a very stark yeshiva Staten Island. It's very, very boys are intense. They learn a lot. So Bruvain was bemoaning the fact that they don't play a good ball game anymore because they realized that through paddle ball they could get the same exercise. And ah, baseball, so let's the, be honest, when you're playing baseball, right. you're really not getting that much exercise. Right. You're up, 
every hour and a half you get to the plate. Right. If, you, if you're a good hitter, so maybe you run a couple of bases. <laughs> if you're playing outfield, maybe you'll move a couple of feet to get a fly ball. But other than that, you're standing around in the sun, relaxing. So the boys in Seth Island made the judgment that it's not worth it for them to play baseball because there's no exercise. They'd rather play paddle ball. <laughs> so Gugan is bemoaning the fact. He says, we can't get together a minion anymore to play ball, he tells me. You know, the good thing is Friday afternoon we had a good ball game. It's over. So it's, it's, it was very important to them that, that the Bachram should, should have that outlet and that exercise and that enjoyment of it as well. And as my boys know, there are some Feinsteins who are really good ball players. So I guess they, uh, I guess they got it from somewhere. Huh? <laughs> the book is called Rib David, the life and legacy of Rib David Feinstein. Stroll Bessers with us. Go to artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio. The World Trade Center is attacked uh, a mile away from Yish- from the uh, Masif the Tavares Yushalayim, Rib David Feinstein's yeshiva. What was Rib David's response after the planes hit? Are you asking me? Yeah. Reveal it to the audience. I thought it was pretty unique. So, I'm so happy you asked that question because uh, because um, uh, because I got an initial, initial additional detail that's not in the book. Somebody only told me after. Yeah, is that um, David stepped outside and, and I'm sure you remember that they all too well. Sure. When smoke is pouring down and you see the sky and you're so close to to the center of terror and there's panic in the air and nobody knows what to do. The waiting from David steps out and he looks towards Lower Manhattan and he sees the, the clouds of smoke and he he says, uh, "Okay," goes back in and starts for a seder. Right. And people are still quiet and they're numb. And he says, "Tyra is the most is, is the strongest chus." I think I don't remember the word he used. The the most important chus. Tyra is the only thing that we could do now. Tyra is stronger than anything. And he sat there and learned the regular for a seder with smoke passing by the windows and said sheer, like every other day, believing, as he always did, that terror is the most effective force to combat any kind of evil and any kind of terror. The thing I didn't know when somebody wrote to me after, they were there that day and they said there was one thing you missed. He immediately dispatched somebody to go bring uh, bottles of juice and cake to, you know, from the local, the bakery was still open then because he said people will be walking by the yeshiva all day trying to get back home. Right. We're going to be one of the routes. We have to make sure that there's food and drink for them here. They'll come in to use the washroom. They'll come in to, if, if there's phones that were working, I don't know. But they'll come in to yeshiva so that any any Jewish person certainly will feel welcome coming in here. We have to make sure that there's food for them as well. So he bought whatever food was available and made sure that the yeshiva was ready for that. Now it's funny. Which be- is classic. Yeah, but, but it's funny and some would argue if that's classic because, no, well, the second part is classic, correct. What you just said in, in terms of thinking of others in the chesed 100%. But, uh, 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 but somebody, it's Torah giant with the curiosities that he had, right? And the and the you, know, you would think that he would be standing there, looking at the building, you know, watching what's happening, the the rescue vehicles going by, etc. I mean, it's quite a scene right there at the yeshiva, you know, a mile away from the World Trade Center. And you would think, based on this conversation, that he was the type that his curiosities would keep him outside and would get him involved in you know the day's activities. And yet, he says, now is the only the only thing we can do now is start Seder and get into the business. You know, uh, when there's a time of tremendous alarm or fright, the child just wants to be with his mother or a couple just wants to be with each other, with their spouse, he, he needed to be in advanced matters with his Gemara. That's where right. he understood. That was right. That, that the world, what he could do to make the world whole when it's breaking is to be by his Gemara saying, sure, that's, that's, that's pretty consistent with him. Right. That's the title was his life. You know, that's somehow, like I said, it doesn't make sense because he had time for so many people and so many things. But he learned so much. He spent so much. He started his day and ended his day learning. And in between, it was, it was all the chesed generated by that learning. I don't have a good example in front of me, but his psak halacha, when he was the decisor in so many situations, both, again, on a communal level and a personal level, 
for so many people. It was not, it seems, based on what you wrote in the stories that you tell, it wasn't just the PSAC, but he, he had kept in mind so many sensitivities about what it might mean for the future of this couple or how they might view, you know, what he's recommending. Right. Which I, again, I don't have a good example in front of me, but the, the, it, it is such an insight. Perfect example is the name that a couple came to ask him if they could give a name for a relative, a deceased relative who had had an easy life. Undergone different challenges, and David said they shouldn't do it. So when they left, one of the Talmudim who knew of David's psakim consistently said the Roshiva usually holds that it's okay. The Roshiva didn't have a problem with this and this issue. He would say to give a name, he says, Yeah, but if you saw the way they were asking, the mother was anxious, the, the woman was anxious about giving the name. And that means that if I would have told her to give it, anytime the kid would have gotten a, a cold or a strep or kicked out of school or scratched it, you know, he would, she would have said, See, we shouldn't have given that name. So it's just inviting a life of anxiety and worry for that personality. So for her, it's not a good idea. Wow. And that was classic with David to, to be able to identify the people asking the question and understand to give an answer for them. It's unbelievable. I'm smiling again. <laughs> These stories are just, again, you know, when, when you had the schus, when you have the absolute privilege of uh, – seeing this happen on a regular basis. And again, not, not that I'm a Talmud or so close, but just, you know, the circumstance put us in this situation. Our family benefited from it. Uh, Yisrael Besser, before you go, I got to I gotta ask you to tell the story about Rav David walking out in an area that didn't have an A-Rav with a tissue in his pocket. Could you, uh, do you remember that one? I remember it, and, and it's such a beautiful story because, again, it says so much about the human within Rav David, that he, was, that he embraced and encouraged other people to embrace. Halacha is built for humans. We see this all over. And human error is factored into halacha all the time. So Rav David was in Brooklyn for Shabbos, and Rav David was very strong against uh, you know, the permissibility of having an error from Brooklyn. He thought right. it was not allowed, right. according to his father, Shita, as well. Right. And at the same time, he walked this Rav David-esque tightrope of complete respect for people who care, you know, I wrote there just a quick haktama, a quick introduction that a Rav in Brooklyn had said, uh, is that you're allowed? He said, no. He said, what about someone in a wheelchair? He said, no, you can't do it. I mean, he really held that there was no, right. at the same time, he said, if guests are in the shul and they carry, do I have to say something? He says, of course not. They rely on their rabbanim. Right. Why would you say something? Right. Which is classic of Dov, the right. ability to respect that they asked another Rav, but there's no heter. You know, he was able yep. to do that, both of that. So David was in Brooklyn for, for a Simcha, and Shabbos day after the meal, one of the great nieces noticed that he had a tissue sticking out of his jacket pocket, you know, by his chest. Right. So it was strange. You know, he was a proper person, but to go say something to him, but she wasn't sure, because carrying on Shabbos is a problem. And he was done benching already. He was about to leave, and he still had the tissue. So she said to him, Uncle David, you have a tissue sticking out of your pocket. She tells her, I'm so grateful to you. Let me tell you, I know that there's no Arab here, and I knew that over the course of a meal, you know, you use a tissue or something might end up in your pocket. I, we, we ate the meal, we davened here, and I wanted to remind myself before I left that there's no Arab. So I stuck a tissue in my pocket so that if somebody, I, I made it prominent. He had used a tissue during the meal, and he hadn't been able to get up and put it away for whatever reason. He said, I stuck it in a visible way so that if somebody would see me, they would tell me before I left rather than hide it. <laughs> and now, Baruch you saved me. Thank you. That means he, he, he was teaching a lesson at the same time, of course, which is to err as human and protect yourself. Yep. Don't be, he's the God al-Hadar. This man is a person of Yashav. Yep. Take so seriously yep. that he, Yashav would stand up when he came into the room. Yashav took his sock him seriously. He's putting a little tissue out of his pocket. Like, I might forget. And, 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 and Rav David was probably wondering why Rav Yashav was standing. 
For sure, you know, for sure. He didn't um, feel himself that way. But how empowering is that to any uh, other person to make a mistake in halacha and ask? And by the, how many stories, I, I know you wouldn't know the exact number. How many stories do you think are in here? About how many stories are in this book? Do you have any clue? Like Story, in, a, uh, in, in an average book? book that you write, how many stories usually get in? Is it 200? Is it, I would say uh, 500. 500? So obviously, 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 we can't go through all of them, and I am highly recommending this to everybody. I, I've I've said this before about some of your books, Surely Besser. Some of them are amazing musrasvarim, and I think you would agree that reading this book will give people, you know, some some pause and time to think about different subtle changes we should be making in our own lives, personal relationships, how sensitive we have to be to others, etc. And of course, attitude toward Torah study just by reading this book. So I think you'd agree with me on that, right? We could put this in the, we can put this in the Musser shelf or not. <laughs> the, the, you know, I, I would hope so. I would hope that there's that this is a book. There's so much potential in every area of life to be a normal, good, sweet, sincere person, and well learned in Torah. You know, you, you Again, can be. You know, I wrote there that the Talmudim said of David did not expect them to know what he knew because they weren't him. He expected them to treat other people the way he did, to give it all, to give your all. Right. But as was something he expected. Uh, finally, uh, in a typical situation where somebody's an Avel and now they are davening for the Amud every day and the Shiurim are getting delayed because they daven much slower than the average Shliach Tzibor, what would most people do or recommend, Srili Besser? I would contend, I would contend, most would try to replace that Shliach Tzibor, maybe recommend they only do part of davening, etc., etc. Could you reveal to this audience, this precious audience well, of mine? Do, why can't you just go faster? Look at the words. Right. Man, come right. on. Why does it take you, a year and a half to could, say, yeah. Could you reveal to this precious audience what Rav David Feinstein did in that situation, please? Or say, um, it, just the idea, exactly. So the situation was that a boy was an Avil, a teenage boy, Rahman Osman was an Avil. He was diving for the Avon Yeshiva, and he wasn't, he wasn't familiar with the words yet, and it took him a very long time. So breakfast for the boys, instead of being half an hour, oh, it was 25 minutes. It was breakfast, not So sure. Rabbi Ginsburg went to ask uh, Rav David, what should we do? On one hand, the boys are not always got a dog, and on the other hand, the boys need their breakfast. Need their breakfast. Time, right. So uh, I, I think a lot of other people might say, okay, so the boys will have 25 minutes, too bad. Right. Achai is for their friends, right. for only for 11 months, and uh, they'll have breakfast 25 minutes. If David wouldn't give up the boys having their full half an hour breakfast because the boys need to relax. They need that. He also, the boy who's a needs to die, and we need to give him time. We're not pressuring him. So David, whose best moments of the day, by all accounts, was an hour and a half to add four shachas. He would come to yeshiva. Uh, I wrote this. Abdavid didn't take rides. He loved to walk. Right. But at that time, from his house in the morning to yeshiva, he would take a ride because he was so eager to get to his, right. his gemara and his, his cedar ready. He learned alone in the empty basement every morning for shachas. It was a happy time, un- undisturbed time. Abdavid said, okay, we'll start shachas five minutes earlier. For him to give up, <laughs> he was giving up five minutes of his, of his, because we're not touching the boy's breakfast and we're not touching that boy who needs to daven for right. the almonds. Right to daven the way he he's able to daven for for his mother's neshama. So we'll we'll start shachos earlier, just until he finishes the year. And you would appreciate Instantly. it. And you would appreciate if I remembered stories accurately, right? <laughs> I, 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 I never expect anything less than you know. I almost got it right, but he got my point. It was you much. It, right. it was much better with the, t- the the details that you provided. I can tell you that much. But yes, of course, he he said, "Let's start davening five minutes earlier," which ended up taking from his time. Gave the boys their full allotted uh, uh, free time to eat breakfast and and relax. And of course, did not put any pressure on this teenage Avel. Uh, which he was so sensitive about putting pressure on anybody to feel a certain way or do a certain thing. 
just just a couple of the lessons that we've learned from his incredible life. And there's so much more, folks. We didn't even discuss the relationship with his father and the incredible lineage of the Feinstein Mishpacha, etc. There's so much in here. you got to read it. Get the book. Get it as soon as you can. Enjoy it. It's called Reb David, The Life and Legacy of Rabbi David Feinstein. You stroll Besser, as always, an absolute delight speaking to you. Happy Hanukkah and uh, a big you mazel tov. A big, I appreciate that. And a big mazel tov on the book. A big mazel tov. One after the other, you continue to produce amazing and incredible biographies, Musr's Farm, or whatever category people want to put it in. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. I'm grateful to you. Have a happy Hanukkah. Thanks so much. Yisrael Besser. The book is Rib David, The Life and Legacy of Rabbi David Feinstein. Buy it. Enjoy it. Smile as you read it. <laughs> and tell the stories to your family as you're reading them. Um, go to artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio. Artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Round the world of web at NahumSingle.com on the NahumSingle Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Monday here at JM in the AM. Could be a big surprise tomorrow. Pay careful attention to social media later on. Could be a big surprise tomorrow in terms of who's going to join us here at JM in the AM on the second day of Hanukkah. We shall see. Don't forget the uh, rally. Uh, shine a light on anti-Semitism. Tonight, 5 p.m. It begins in Times Square. Broadway and 47th Street is where you want to walk in. Broadway and 47th Street. Make sure to... Uh, Make sure to um, be there tonight at that very, very important rally. Mayor Me Lim, the word is Tsur of a Benji Kramer is next. Keep it here all day long at the Nahum Single Network. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. Till tomorrow, Nahum Single reminding you remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.